Yo, 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 Thought Warriors. <laughs> what is up? Oh, my God. Higher Learning is on. It is I, Van Lathan Jr. It is me, Rachel, and Lindsay. We are First already all, getting at it. Yeah, you know, I would like to say something. I, I wanna, I'm com- We're coming at you guys a little late because I was in New York, and then I, I had to do a talk at Mega Evers College yesterday. Oh, nice. And then it was one of those situations to where after I talked at the college, I didn't have anywhere to record. So this is on me. We're a little late, but that's not even the biggest thing now. Rachel has just well, laid can down I also the just do? Can I also just do a disclaimer too? There's something that happens when we podcast in the morning. It's just it's just a little kookier. I'm not fully up. I'm still trying to get my. I'm still trying to get it together. That's my disclaimer. Okay, now go ahead. So, <laughs> shout out to Tracy in the Stacks podcast. I was supposed to do a live show, one for the books. Wednesday night, but due to some unforeseen things, I cannot do it. Tracy from the Stacks podcast is a very nice person. And I was like, you know what? Um, I can't do it. And then Rachel was like, me and her might have dinner in the future at some time uh, because we can't do it. And I was like, well, I'll come to dinner with you guys. And Rachel was like, no. <laughs> I said, me and Tracy. And I legitimately Got my feelings hurt for the first time in this podcast ever. <laughs> Donnie, pop on. Is that not? I know you guys think that I'm that I'm like making stuff up. What does Donnie sound like he in the wilderness? <laughs> Africa birds is going nuts. <laughs> like like Jesus Christ, <laughs> Donnie Ashley. Is, is that not exactly how that happened? Yeah, I can't. I mean, I don't. <laughs> It sounds brutally honest, but I would like my friends to let me know that I'm not welcome. So, like, <laughs> I'll, I'll take that. <laughs> Can I? It, it, that is exactly how it happened. Okay, I'm not gonna lie. But what I was thinking in my head was, we the the panel was supposed to be Wednesday, and I too, I was so excited to see you, and and the other guests. I'm a fan of her writing, Atta Kalak. I was so excited about this, but I, I was even asking Tracy about it, like le- a couple of days ago. So I'm sad, too, that you can't do this. But Tracy and I have been trying to get dinner for a while. And so we were like, well, since we can't do that on Wednesday, we should get dinner instead. So this is like a girl catch up. I didn't get to explain all that. So when you were like, I'll come, it's like, no, this is supposed to be Rachel and Tracy time. I'm sorry. I didn't mean it like that. Now I see how Brian feels. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> narratives see you hurt me i continue the narrative see you what happens what? i push the i push a narrative you hurt me i hurt you i hurt you know, you what? know what hurt, Nigga, what hurt? i'm coming anyway you know what hold on hold on for a second uh donnie turn off nature like i like i'm <laughs> like like i'm coming anyway all right that's what yeah i'm no fuck it i'm coming to dinner. Guess who's coming to dinner? A fat man. <laughs> Good you know, luck trying to figure it out. Too. What? I don't even know if we're going. I don't even know if we're officially going. But anyways, we'll, we I'll come will to plan your crib a dinner. And tell you, I'll come. I'll come <laughs> to your crib. I know you live, nigga. I'll come to your crib and tell you from the dinner and just show up and eat off your plate. Nah, fuck tell me. Tell I'll tell you. <laughs> I'll come to the dinner and I'll be sitting across the street like this. Looking, yeah, yeah, that's, that's right. And I um, follow y'all. 
Yeah, Anyways, Rachel Lindsay. Yeah. Can we just address the elephant in the room? If you're watching this podcast, you see Van what? has brought something new to the podcast that is sitting on top of his head. And that's a dad hat. Never yeah. would I have pegged you for a guy. Peg me? Oh my God. Pause. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I told you well, Never I would I have. Going on over there. Never. Uh, I know what's going on over there. It doesn't happen over here, but to each their own. Um, (laughs) I never would have pinned you. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Figure it out. A dad, dad hat wearing guy. What? What's what's the what's up with the change in uh, attire today? Well, shout out to the Saint Hotel in Santorini, Greece. They gave us this after I spent twenty five thousand dollars. Damn. that is that that reserva- that that re- vacation was expensive. It's it, Greece look is at, expensive. Yeah, brownie. Look at brownie back there. Like nigga, you stupid. <laughs> yeah, you heard <laughs> he, like, he literally <laughs> just sat up and just howled. Brown, oh, brownie, speaking like, of brownie, brownie's ACL is torn. Brownie's what torn kind of ACL. Injuries are your dogs getting over there? Is does brownie play for Kentucky? <laughs> like what? What kind of shit is going on over there, Hitcher? How did he tear he, his ACL? Brownie, first off, Brownie's wild. As you have seen, mm-hmm. he tried to attack Bozeman, who's like mm-hmm. fifteen oh. times his weight. Yeah, Brownie, uh, he's just rough. Listen to him. Listen to he's him. Got, does he have a brace on? No, he's limping around. At first, they thought it was a dislocated knee because that happens in Pomeranians as they get older. It is, but that's not it because that can build scar tissue. Went to a specialist, got a torn ligament. So we now I got to take him to Colorado Springs to get it. You got to take Brownie to see Dr. James Andrews. You got to take Brownie. This is so crazy. Oh my God. Brownie going to have, they, what are they going to do? They're going to do cadaver surgery on him. They're going to take the cadaver. <laughs> this oh is like the number Lord. one hospital for orthopedics in the country. And mm, mm, mm. it's no, it's half the price than they're quoting here in California. So it makes more sense to go to speak. Speaking of hurt Colorado. members of higher learning, Donnie, pop on. <laughs> I'm no longer hurt. I know, Donnie. Thank God, bro, Donnie. Donnie. I have to be honest, bro. What you're doing right now is doing so much for your reputation. When you pop on, and all I see is green and birds in the background, like, I want to be you. Like, that looks amazing. <laughs> hey, this is like, it's the best workspace. Like, for real. I get, like, so much work done out here. It feels great. Is that your deck right there? Mm-hmm. Well, pause. Um, Look, here's the deal. <laughs> here's the situation. Donnie, um, <laughs> Rachel, you know it's funny. Uh, so you had a dick ache, and no. you missed the last podcast. It wasn't a dick ache. Okay, it what wasn't was a it? dick ache. It was a ball ache. Um, and mm. it was intense um i couldn't stand um i woke up in the morning and i couldn't stand and when i went to do my morning pee there was like urine in the pee and i was like okay that's not normal and i look it was not and, normal to have urine in the pee oh no, you're talking, you meant blood in the pee 
Blood yeah, that's what urine. I meant. Yeah, blood in the urine. Because yeah. I think it's okay. incredibly I was, normal to have urine. I was like, am I, I missing say, something here? What the fuck is bad. going on with Donnie? What is Donnie normally pissing? Does, 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 does no, Donnie wake up and piss chocolate sauce? This time and then he's like, like, oh my God. I was pissing sand. It was like, right. it, it hurt real bad and there was blood in the urine. And my ball was like a, a little bit bigger than it was supposed to be. But I had work to do, so I... Like was going about my my daily routine, wow. knowing that I should I, I got to go to urgent care. At some All right, point let's today. stop. Let's stop right there. <laughs> let's just put a pin in it because we're gonna we're gonna play this story out, but we're gonna stop right now. That is the difference between Van and the rest of the known world. <laughs> See if I wake up with a big ball pissing chocolate sauce, boom, straight to the emergency room. <laughs> yeah. Nothing. Yeah. I don't do nothing. I could literally be going to have br- brunch a brunch with Obama. Hey, Mr. President, so that you know, I got a big ball, pissing chocolate, going to the motherfucking emergency room. Okay, go ahead. No, that's real. <laughs> um, that's what I should have done. Um, and that's what Janae suggested I do. Um, but I, I got a little bit of work done, and then the pain got so intense that I, I couldn't do anything else. I was like, okay, I got to go to, I went to urgent care first. And <laughs> the lady at urgent care who uh, checked me out said that um, they were like, I t- talked about my symptoms and she was like, okay, okay. And then when I actually showed her my right testicle, she was like, oh, you need to go to emergency room right now. Um, there's a chance that this is torsion. And if this is torsion, they got to they gotta fix that immediately. Um, so I Google what torsion is. She didn't explain it. It's like a twisting that mm. requires immediate surgery. <gasps> and at this point, like my... My whole stomach was in pain. I felt like I had to throw up. I started having chills. Like the symptoms oh. were getting a lot worse. And it felt like I had the flu, but like there was just a huge ache. Um, I'm in the emergency room for a while and I'm honestly not worried at this point. Um, I'm My mind is racing and I'm thinking it could be all these things. I'm thinking it could be cancer. It could be anything. But all I really wanted was for the pain to stop. Like I didn't care if it was torsion and I needed to get surgery or if it was cancer. It's just as long as they could give me some pain medicine to get rid of this pain. Um, and it was at this point that I texted y'all that I'm in the emergency room and I don't think I'm going to be able to make it. Um, and it took a while. The emergency room is a, it's a stressful place because everybody's mm-hmm. in there going through their own pains and struggles. There's people like throwing up and like, it oh, was, just, it was rough. Um, and then I, I got to see the doctor after uh, um, giving the urine sample, and he said that this isn't as bad as it seems. Um, it's looking like this is an infection. Um, we're going to give you some antibiotics and some pain medicine that should kick in pretty quickly and get you on out of here. And I was so grateful because um, the stuff did work. Um, but I went through the weekend mending. Like, it, it took a while for me to feel myself again i think yesterday was the first time i felt completely normal um because i actually traveled this weekend i went to detroit uh sunday was my mom's birthday and my family gets together to celebrate her birthday because she's no longer with us in body but in spirit she most definitely is um but it was just rough uh spending that weekend being emotionally raw and like physically and like limping around and having to explain what was going on to all my aunties but um it was a, a memorable weekend. I'm, I'm grateful that everything ended up working out and it wasn't as bad as it seemed. So 
all good over here. Goodness. Thank goodness, Sonny. And now Van made you explain it to all the thought warriors as well. No, but, but Donnie, it's a lesson Donnie learned. A, yeah. Yeah. Go Donnie to the emergency room. Go to the emergency room. As soon as possible. Get your priorities straight. Work is not all. Your body, get, your family. Get, get your priorities straight. Get your penis straight. The whole nine. Look, <laughs> first of all, happy heavenly birthday to your mom. She is oh, yeah. most definitely with you. Okay. I know the feeling. She is most definitely with you. So happy heavenly birthday to her. And secondly, um, I have to say here, okay, how long after you and Janae went to the Atlanta sex club that all of this happened? <laughs> so my thought was that this might be a result of a few weeks ago, I went to Colorado Springs, speaking of, for a bachelor party. And we didn't do the oh normal bachelor party things that you uh, would think. It uh, was actually... Uh-huh. We climbed a mountain. We climbed Pikes Peak. And I Y'all thought... Y'all niggas are so lame. Oh, my God, bro. Uh, it wasn't my uh, idea. It was my brother-in-law's uh, uh, idea. Uh, uh, <laughs> he, oh, oh, bro. Jesus Christ, bro. That story, went, that story went from being... Hold on, Donnie. That story went from being... Did Donnie say they're not doing the normal bachelor party thing because they're actually having unprotected sex with strippers <laughs> to they climbing mountains? Yeah. <laughs> We, I mean, we did go to the strip club. It felt like uh, it was obligatory. But we climbed this mountain. We did 14 miles. And I thought that maybe the torsion happened on that hike. That mm. somehow all that walking twisted my nuts in a way that, like, it wasn't supposed to be twisted. And <laughs> that was why I was in the emergency room. But it turns out it was an infection. Well, Donnie, we're glad that you're okay. We were worried. We're glad that it wasn't that big deal, that big of a deal. Yeah, me too. Um, I implore you to drink some cranberry juice. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, yep. You know. been plant- cranberry juice, been having vitamin C, a lot of water. I've been taking care of myself. Have you been able to run? No, that's been a struggle too. I have not been able to do anything really active because gravity has been my worst enemy for the past few days. But hopefully I can run. Thursday. I'm not going to push myself too crazy. I don't don't push yourself. Lesson learned. Remember, take care of your body first. You're right. You're right. Running will be there. It'll be there. All right, Donnie. Thank you. Um, All right. Look, you guys, I need you guys to do something. I need you guys to uh, um, give us an illustration of what you feel like Donnie's ball (laughs) look like. Man, please. Upload it. Now we can do it out. Put it up there. <laughs> We're good. Yeah, you know, it was just the, like Johnny's ball probably looked like, you know, it's, you know what's angry coming. meatball. Yeah. It's coming. You know, <laughs> dripping in sauce. Johnny, you know? so glad you feel better. It's, it's lopsided. lopsided. It, it was. <laughs> oh. Almost normal now. Yeah, I have a third ball. We have we talked about this. We have not. Yeah. Oh yeah. So look, I went to <laughs> remember back when I thought I had testicular cancer and I raced over to the uh, urologist. And so he was feeling around and he looked at me. He goes, okay, uh, non-cancerous. And I was like, oh, you can tell? Like, he's like, yeah, 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 yeah. It's just so interesting to be standing there and just having a doctor just fiddle with your balls. It's just so, it's like, a, it's like this is happening. And so um, Donnie knows. That's why nature pops back on. Tell, tell it. Something about it is weird. But in Georgia, there is a thing where they had chaperones each time that somebody came in and checked my balls. And that wasn't the case 
previous times been going to the doctor. But sorry, really? So wait, so, no, no. Somebody had to watch them touch yeah. your balls. They had a man come in both times. He's like a. I saw him like doing things around the emergency room. He was like a emergency room gopher. Um, and he was kind of like a bouncer looking guy. And he came in the room as the doctor checked out my balls just to, I guess, make sure everything was on the level. That sounds like a job, job that he volunteered for. No, All right, we need somebody to watch. Not. We need somebody to watch when, when we're looking at the balls and he goes, I'll do it. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even know they did that, Donnie. Wow. I didn't know they wow. did it either. Yeah, um, they did it either. Well, yeah, when on? I went to can the we when I went to the urologist, the, the the guy was like, this is basically like a third kind of growth of whatever, whatever. It's like a small little third testicle. And I was like, Oh, I got three balls. He goes, Technically you do. But it's not it's nothing to worry about. So I'm like, yeah. So I, I always go the extra mile, so I wasn't surprised. Um, look, uh, Rachel, what did you do this weekend? I was in New York City. You were in New York. I was in Chicago for the About My Father premiere. Uh, Sebastian Maniscalco, you like him? Yeah, he's a very funny guy. Uh, it's a movie about his real life father, and uh, it and his and his dad was there. Robert De Niro plays the dad. Um, it was it was good. It was good. And so I was there for the premiere and the junket. Just so happened I have friends in town, so I went out, which is why my voice is a little like this. You know, you know how how it goes when the voice is a little raspy. The week I had a good weekend, so I was able to go out and hang out with them. Shout out to the ladies that I was with who listened to the Higher Learning podcast. Um, yeah, it was fun. It was fun. It was a good time. Little work, mm. little play. And then last night, I saw the Little Mermaid. And I'm gonna tell you, you, I'm still very much on a high from seeing that good? movie. It is incredible. It is like everybody has to go see it. Everybody does. Hallie is enchanting. It's hypnotic to watch her as Ariel. But it was emotional, too. Like, I didn't think that I would feel that way. But Little Mermaid is one of my personal favorites. So to see her floating around singing the same songs that I was singing when I was five years old, pretending to be Ariel. But now here's this Ariel. I was in a movie theater. There were a lot of kids there. Um, you could just hear the excitement. People were cheering. They were screaming. It was it was magical. Yeah, I, I normally get that feeling when I go to like a Disneyland, but I got that in the theater. Um, David is amazing as Sebastian. Amazing. Like, really, 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 really funny. Everybody's good. Everybody's good in the movie. It's it's so good. You have to see it. You gonna go see it? You have to no. see it. Why? Um, I, will buy, I will buy tickets to it, but I, I have zero interest. You really? But I think that you would like it for just what the movie is. I've, like, never, seen the original, like, I've never seen the original Little Mermaid. But this is reimagined. It's live action. And you are more into the technical side of things with movies. Like you see it. Mm -hmm. and, you know, I just go in and I just watch, watch the story. So I think yeah. that you would appreciate all that had to be done to create the movie. Like um, adults, adults can enjoy this movie just as much as children. So, uh, you know, I'll make sure that I support the movie financially. 
Um, <sighs> but I have to be honest with you. I never, I didn't see the Lion King in theaters. I saw the Jungle Book, all the big time Disney live action cartoon remakes. I'm not really like it. I'm not you know, either. Can't do it all. Yeah. I'm not either. But this one was different. I'm just saying it was different. Mm-hmm. You and maybe what? I'm biased because okay. I really like The Little Mermaid, but and um, no, you know it. Uh, the the reactions have been a little uneven to it. Really, I guess yeah, I I didn't know people have seen it. Yeah, they saw it at the premiere. They watched the movie when it. Premiered. Oh, you mean last night? So already? Yeah, yeah. They, what they are go people saying? Um, let me think here. Uh, wow, people are quick with it. Uh, I mean, look, it, when I say uneven, I mean, not really in any real way. People, some people love it. And then some people are going, um, uh, they're saying that uh, it, the villain is a little crazy. Everyone is praising Hallie. Everyone. She yeah. is the, everybody's thing. They say somebody looks a little bit, uh, a little visually rough. I'm looking at it right now. Who it does? Says it doesn't deliver. The magic of the animated classic. It says that uh, uh, it's a little spotty and disjointed. Um, all no. that stuff. No, but, you know, you say so. You disagree with everything. I disagree with all of it. Mm-hmm. All of you know, it. You know, you I was said, a okay. fan of the original. Right. I disagree. I was beautifully surprised because I'm like you. I haven't really been into the live action. That's not, I haven't really enjoyed it. This was different. Yeah. Well, to me, it, l- looking at the film, uh, as, as long as she shines, it's a win. And she does. I, as long as she shines, it's a win. Because it's all about her, her, her ability to display her talents, to embody the role, to be Ariel for an entire generation of, of children, particularly young black girls. Uh, so as long as she shots, it's a win. I just, you know, I don't really. I, there, you know that there's a long list of movies that I've bought tickets to, but then like never went to see. Like just because I go, hey, you know, I gotta support the movie because I, mean, I, that's good. I, I, I care <clears throat> about the returns on the film, but you no, know, I, I gotta watch. There's a lot of stuff I have to watch, and sometimes I can't watch everything. You know what I mean? Little Mermaid, Little Mermaid, 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 Mermaid. Mer, this mer, is one you mer, should mer, you should see. I'm just saying. You know what the Little Mermaid makes me think about? Shaggy, bombastic. Why? Um, because I was playing video games. Shut up! <laughs> I was playing Brian's video leaving. games. That's why he's like that. Uh, in uh the den, and I had turned on Shaggy, Mister Bombastic. And I could see in the mirror that they were in the other room watching The Little Mermaid. And as I was looking at The Little Mermaid cartoon, Shaggy Mr. Bombastic was playing. And it looked like it was the soundtrack to the movie. This happened in maybe, you know, the early 90s or something like that. And it was smooth, just like a silica, dark and nervy. I'm the sexual city of the Umi. Well, well, can't you tell? I'm just like a turtle calling out the Michelle. You know what I mean? You wow. Know, Mr. Lava Lava. I'm impressed mm. that you know. Mm, Mr. Lava Lava. Mr. Lava Lava. <laughs> yeah, that's right. They called me Mr. Boombastic. 
Tell me fantastic. Trust me on the body that I'm Mr. Rowe. Oh, whoa. Mantic. You know what I mean? <laughs> See, y'all, y'all don't remember that, Shaggy. Y'all only I remember do. people when they got big. Like, y'all don't remember. Y'all don't remember the first Jamiroquai. You know what I mean? When Jamiroquai came out and it was uh, uh, virtual insanity, everybody knew Jamiroquai. But y'all don't remember. This is the return of the space cowboy. Interplanetary good vibes on land speed of demon. Oh, you and I go deeper. Y'all don't remember that Jamiroquai. I remember Jamiroquai from before. I don't care. Wow. It's I don't. so early. You don't remember <laughs> that Jamiroquai. You remember nah. virtual insanity Jamiroquai. You don't remember Jamiroquai from before. You don't remember when people first got their break. They got to go well, major. Didn't for I you just to love sing them. Boombastic with That's you? That's true. Boombastic was it? Was Boombastic a big hit? I can't remember. I, it, it was, was to me. It was to me. Let me see. Shaggy Boombastic. Let's see. Do you think Boombastic was a top 20 hit in America? No. Because let's of the see. genre. I don't think that it got that far. Uh, but I see. feel like I don't think to so black either. people, it was huge. Let's see. Boombastic was... Oh, shit. Boombastic went to number three on the Billboard charts. Well, shit. <laughs> we stand corrected. What the fuck? Listen to us acting like we got in on this little hit that Shaggy <laughs> Like, I remember Shaggy when he was Mr. Boombastic. Before it wasn't me. I, I remember. Listen to us. Everybody remembers Mr. Boombastic. Everybody apparently. remembers Mr. Boombastic. <laughs> I'm looking at this. I like. Oh wait, wait, hold Whoa. on. Wait a minute. Oh, it was the 18th biggest song of the year on Billboard. Like wow. it was like U.S. Billboard Top 100. 90 this what? is 19 no, 95. I had no idea that Mr. Boombastic was this <laughs> big of a deal. So it wasn't me with Shaggy coming back. <laughs> like, I, I, you know, I I forget. I thought that. He had a a minor hit, and then he came back with "It wasn't me." And then he, all right, well, I'm sorry, Sha- my bad, Shaggy, my bad, dog. Okay, my mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um, uh, Rachel. Not a lot of good stuff in the news right now. Just gotta yeah. warn the audience. Trigger warning. Oh, I should say, New York was great. New York was packed. I did CNN tonight, two nights in a row. I did the Dan Abrams show. Okay, I did. Uh, shout out to the to the faculty and staff at Mega Everest College, Brooklyn, New York. I did a wellness talk there Monday. Fantastic experience talking about wellness with an insanely talented uh, group of students and and faculty there at Mega Everest College. Loved my time at Mega Everest College. The energy was amazing. Uh, shout out to Arunde and Angie Martinez who let me stay at their house all day long <laughs> after I was out of my hotel but after the talk at Mega Everest College shout out to them are they and okay? and also shout out yeah, whatever we had a great time <laughs> all day uh, all day and then shout out to Math Hoffa and the rest of the crew over at My Expert Opinion Podcast I did the Math Hoffa Podcast late into the night so I'm you had a busy time. Yeah. Yeah. When'd you get back? Yeah. 
uh, last night, like 2 a.m. Yeah. Damn. 2 a.m. in the morning. Like, let me tell you something right now. Bozeman loves his dad so much. Aww. I get back last night. Bozeman gets up. It's, it's like 2 a.m. Bozeman's like, hey, oh, dad, dad, dad. He comes over, and then I go to sleep, and the dog missed me so much. Bozeman slept right on top of me, and normally he moves around a couple of times at night, did not move. Mm. All night, me, Kalika, Bozeman, in the bed, sleep, family. Loved it. That's Loved really to have sweet. Something to come oh, home to. Yeah, dogs. it's like, like, I just, Bozeman's just right there. He's like, hey, dad. Hey, dad. What you got? What you got? We're not talking about you, Brownie. Um, it's just not- on one. He guys got jealous of you talking about both. <laughs> Your dogs are aggressive. That's just on you know? one right now. Yeah, Here's the thing. Dogs. Brownie Copper sits at my feet. He's chill. But Brownie, it's a game for him. So he just starts barking to bark to get Copper riled up. And then y'all hear it. Uh, let me tell you something right now. The rider strike is going to go on for a while. What what did you just look at? Because it's a like I was supposed to go to an event Sunday night, rider strike. Like it's um cancel carpets are canceling, junkets are canceling. Everybody's it's, the whole town slowed down shutting down, yeah. But wait, why are you saying it's gonna go on even longer? Well, I I just, you know, I'm in some group chats and I'm looking at some stuff and it's it's getting pretty nasty out there. People have to understand, and this is this is this is really incredible, uh, really important. But this is the entire economic lifeblood of the town. And the writers, every time the writers do this, they show just how essential they are to the economy of Los Angeles. And that's why it would be. Well, that's everyone. why I just guess I feel like they would be more inclined to figure this out. Because at the end of the day, it's it's going to hurt these networks. It's going to hurt the pockets of these people who are making all this money where the writers aren't. So to me, it's in their best interest to figure this out quick. We can't be well, full of unscripted. Well, you have to remember, Rachel, they're rich. And they're, bra- they're banking on the fact that the writers are not. And so what they think Damn, is that they can... That's so cruel. Uh, I mean, that's the way things go, right? That, that they think they can play this out for a long time and that, you know, some of the working writers of the writer's strike are going to uh, have a little bit more difficulty adjusting to life with nothing coming in than the studios are that, you know, have a lot of execs that have a lot of bread. So that's how they're looking at it. And in the meantime... Everybody else is affected. I've said this before, but like even the valets around town that I know uh, are a little concerned, you know, guys that I know from my TMZ days because, you know, if people stop having disposable income then they stop going to restaurants, they stop valeting their cars. And even if they stop, even if they do valet their cars, those tips aren't as fat. It's just everything from retail on up to the, the, the release of films. Like, even me, like, there was some pot panels I had to moderate for some stuff, and the panels are now canceled. That hits a bear right in his pockets. You know, oh, daddy needs his money. Oh, daddy. Dada. 
when I, whenever I'm making money, I'm not Van. I'm not Daddy. I'm Dad Dad. I Dad Dad. I'm not Dad Dad needs this. his cash. Dad Dad needs his cash. Dad Dad want money. Dad Dad got paid for dog to get medicine. Dad Dad gotta pay for Tesla supercharger. Dad Dad need money. Dad Dad. Lot of pressure on Dad Dad to pay for things. <laughs> okay, I didn't even have to tell you to shut the fuck up. Brownie just yeah. did. <laughs> Brownie, too, yeah. Okay. Uh, all right, look. Uh, I feel like we've been wasting lot. time because we don't want to talk about what we, we have to talk, talk about. about. <laughs> not a lot of great news. Uh, on the other side of the break, we'll get into it. This episode is brought to you by Atlassian. Atlassian software like Jira. Confluence and Trello help power global collaboration for all teams so they can accomplish everything that's impossible alone. Because individually, we're great, but together, we're so much better. Learn how to unleash the potential of your team at Atlassian.com. A-T-L-A-S-S-I-A-N.com. Atlassian. Tap the banner or visit this episode's page to learn more. This episode is brought to you by Atlassian. Atlassian software like Jira, Confluence and Trello help power global collaboration for all teams so they can accomplish everything that's impossible alone. Because individually, we're great, but together, we're so much better. Learn how to unleash the potential of your team at Atlassian.com. A-T-L-A-S-S-I-A-N.com. Atlassian. Tap the banner or visit this episode's page to learn more. All right. Texas, Allen, Texas, eight killed in Texas mall suit shooting. The gunman is also dead. Uh, Dallas area outlet mall, Allen premium outlet, Saturday killing eight, wounded seven others, three critically before being killed by a police officer. Fire Chief Jonathan Boyd said seven people, including the shooter, died at the scene. Nine victims taken to the hospital. Two of them died once they got there. Uh, Mauricio Garcia um, is the shooter here. Uh, and posts on his social media expressed interest in white supremacists and neo-Nazi views, had tattoos of Nazi symbols. Um, had patch on his chest when he was killed by police that said RWDS, Right Wing Death Squad. Nine dead, some of them children. Uh, two sisters actually were killed in this that were grade school aged. Rachel, this is not just your home state. This is the area of uh, where you live, the Dallas area. I'll turn it over to you now. I mean, normally you'll ask me, what are my thoughts? Um, I mean, you know my thoughts. You guys, Thought Warriors, you know, you know our thoughts because it seems like we're doing this weekly at this point, whether it's a mass shooting whether it's a senseless shooting of, you know, pulling in the wrong driveway, ringing the doorbell, um, going to the wrong car. It's just gun violence. I saw a statistic that said this year alone, almost approximately there have been 15,000 people who have suffered from gun violence in 2023. 15,000, that's not for, excuse me, died. 15,000 from gun violence. We're in May. It's only getting worse. Every statistic you read shows that there are 
more guns being purchased and more people dying at the hands of gun violence. It's you don't know when it's going to happen, where it's going to happen, but it's happening. And, you know, the talk specifically it being Texas and there being so much focus in Texas because this isn't the only thing that happened in Texas this weekend. It's not the only thing that happened in Texas in the last 30 days. There have been so many, all eyes are on Texas because of the lack of legislation, the lack of action being taken, and also the amount of killings due to gun violence that are happening in the state. And no matter how you try to flip it, there's a correlation between the two. And Greg Abbott, going on television and talk and blaming it on mental health, which we know this is going to be the talking point as we go into this, uh, this election year. Mental health is the problem, not guns. It's what we talk, well, talked about last podcast. Well, then how are these people that you're saying have these mental health problems who are causing these acts of violence, how are they getting access to these guns? But then it's also so problematic because the way that they're talking about mental health issues is almost, it's stigmatizing mental health. As if, if you have a mental health issue, you're more prone to commit gun violence. And that's not the issue here. The issue is the access to guns. The issue is the lack of action being taken. And, and specifically in Texas, the ability to get guns at any age, the ability to get you know, to it not be regulated, to not have a permit. These are the issues there. The fact that Greg Abbott is saying it's a mental health issue, but not doing anything in regards to mental health is also an issue. It's like you're just talking to talk and hitting your bullet points. But when it comes down to actual action, you're not expanding mental health care services. You took away from mental health care services to fund Operation Lone Star, which is the border that they're trying to build. And everything shows that. And then also with Medicaid, you are opposed to expanding Medicaid under the Affordable Care Act, which more than a million people in Texas would gain access to mental health services under this expansion. Everything you're doing is anti-mental health, but then pro-gun. And we'll just continue to see this happen again, not just in my state of Texas, but in states across this country. There has to be something. Sudden, there's so much. Well, I'll just stop there. I, I want to point out something about Operation Lone Star. He did remove $200 million uh, to fund from mental health services to, to uh, or from the, the department that funds the mental health services to for Operation Lone Star, but that money was replenished. It was replenished with with COVID. It was replenished in the fa- budget, with, with but it's not aid. being yeah. it's not being applied. Um. So look, in uh, hmm. you know, it's they just don't care if you die. They don't care. They care more about their ability to kill than your ability to live. And there's something to be said there, right? So some of the weapons that we're talking about, this was an AR-style rifle that this guy was able to to get these shots off with. 
You have other rifles coming on the market that are um they were that are military military grade weapons. Six hour has something that's coming out on the market. Uh that is a a military grade weapon in terms of it being a replica of something that the United States military is about to start using. And, you know, a lot of gun enthusiasts are very excited about that, you know. I um the six R MCX Spear is a new rifle that's coming out. I went and watched some YouTube videos on it. And in one of the videos, uh, one of the guys said, hey, you know, um, I'm out here in the middle of nowhere. This gun is good for home protection for me because I live on a ranch. It's like if you're in an apartment, this is not good home protection for you because you're going to shoot this. It's going to go through walls. You can kill people. Um, I thought that was interesting that the gentleman there was responsible enough to let people know that there is a time and a place for a weapon like that. And if you're shooting at people that you might think <clears throat> are encroaching into your ranch or if you're shooting at animals from a helicopter or whatever you like to do, hunting wolves, then maybe that we- that weapon might have some uh, sort of application. But for the average person, you just don't need that. Um, and that comes from a gun enthusiast. So at least there was some nuance there. Obviously, I don't believe that there's very much need for that weapon at all in society, zero. And it lends itself to being a really easy platform to kill people. Uh, but all of this is lip service. Yep. It doesn't matter because there's been a decision made in America. And that decision is is that people would rather have the option to kill you than you to be safe to live. And that's what the gun is. Let's just be real with you. The guns that we're talking about are things that make it easy to kill as many human beings as possible in a short amount of time. And they feel like they need that for whatever reason. All right. And everything that we're talking about is linked. And sometimes it feels like we're afraid to name it. Like we're afraid to say that uh, the mass shootings that we're seeing, and not just the mass shootings, but the shootings themselves. There was a 14-year-old girl that was shot in Louisiana, my home state, by her neighbor because she was playing hide-and-seek on his pro- on his property. And he didn't like it, so he shot her. Okay. There is a an understanding between Americans right now that we mean each other harm in a very specific way. Uh... And the only way for us to get over that is to kill, is to eliminate. And that was shown to us more specifically in the last seven or eight years. Like, Trump-era politics were a revelation in American society because it was the first time that each side was convinced that the only thing you could do to the other side was to defeat them. There was no way to uh, negotiate with terrorists, which MAGA Republicans, in my mind, seem like intellectual and societal terrorists. They seem like people who have ideology that you simply cannot negotiate with. They're not moving off of it. The only thing that you can do is to eliminate them. And that's 
honestly how I felt. But the other side felt that same way. And now on this issue of, of, of gun violence, uh, we desperately need people to be uh, compassionate. We desperately need people to be nuanced. We desperately need people to be uh, holistic in the way that they look at the problem and the solutions, and we just don't have the wherewithal. We just don't have it. Greg Abbott is a demon. Mm-hmm. He's a demon, mm-hmm. guys. He is a cracker with no salt that is completely unserious about the fact that his state is becoming a meat target expo. Texas is a walking gun range. Mm -hmm. Everyone in Texas is a target, is a dummy, is a flesh bag waiting for a bullet to explode one of your vital organs. It's happening all the time. It's happening all the time. And the person who swore to go the extra mile to protect Texans just won't do it. It's failure at every level when we look at this. At the very least, if this guy, if there were significant red flag laws in Texas and this guy was espousing uh, white supremacist talking points or if he was in any way saying, you know, he went, talking about he wanted to kill the libs of TikTok or whatever it was, there would be a look into whether or not this person was qualified to own a gun. Mm-hmm. Like you said, it's mental health, but what are you going to do about it? Or are we going to have a system of checks and balances to be able to examine police and perhaps um, uh, intervene when someone looks unstable that they could do some damage with a weapon? No, we're not going to have any of that because the NRA has Abbott by the dick. They have Trump by the dick. They have Cruz by the dick. They have DeSantis by the dick. Um, And to be honest with you, they don't just have them by the dick. Yeah. They have all of you and me. Everyone. They won. It's another example in America of a very dedicated and uh, determined minority that is making all of our lives worse. All of our lives. So the thing is, you re- you see these statistics that are highly favorable towards people wanting more background checks, people wanting more, you know, uh, checks and balances, red flag laws, all these things that would be in favor of stricter, more strict, stricter gun laws. Yet we're electing people in place who aren't willing to enforce that. So, like, are the statistics wrong? Are they skewed? How is it that we can't, if that's how we as a country feel, why is it that we can't vote people out who aren't willing to implement this? At what point do we start stop blaming just the politicians and start looking at us to get to the polls to vote these people out? I, I feel like, it's the same thing. We bl- we talk about these real life demons who have the power, but aren't we the people 
who are responsible for taking that power away with our votes coming together? At what point do these statistics start to be reflect real life? Um, I mean, yeah, but <laughs> it's not like Greg Abbott or these politicians are sitting in any room behind in a smoke filled room behind closed doors and are conjuring all of these thoughts. They're uh, reflecting the ideas, the mores and values of their constituencies. So when we talk well, about the politicians not. who want, well, but they are because maybe well. Maybe it's just not particular to guns. Well, to guns, because a lot of people are a one issue vote on based on one issue. So they might feel this way about guns, but then they feel a totally different way about abortion. So maybe it's not as simple as to say, I'm talking to myself, as simple to say, well, you're anti this and you want uh, strict laws when it comes to gun violence, but then you still want to vote for Abbott because of his stance on abortion or his stance on you know, education or, you know, transgender rights or whatever it may be. That's the, so when you're, I guess when you're talking about constituents, you're talking about the, what people feel as a whole, because they're not going to just, the problem is they're not going to just vote based on gun violence. Mm. You have so to I guess look I at answered the my own question. <laughs> you have to look at the Venn diagram of, of political thought there though, right? So if you look at the things that overlap there, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't assume that there are very many people who are anti-2A um, and pro-abortion or, or anti-2A and anti-abortion. I would imagine that in the conservative corners that Greg Abbott dominates, you're going to see people who are pro-2A and also uh, anti-choice. Um and you're going to have and the people that are one issue voters on each side of something like that are probably going to find it really easy to shake hands. Right. So the people that are one issue voters in terms of being anti-choice are probably going to be one issue voters in terms of guns as well. And there's probably going to be a lot more overlap there than it would be on other things that are a little bit more nuanced. Sure. The, the people that are pro 2A to the point to where they don't want any checks and balances in terms of Americans' right to own a firearm and it don't matter, it doesn't matter what that firearm is, look at this really strict interpretation of the Constitution where they say shall not be infringed over and over and over and over and over again. Well-regulated militia, blah, 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 blah. My right is right there. There's nothing you can do about it. If I want to own a rocket launcher, I should be able to have it. And so those people won't be moved off that. It doesn't matter what happens. You could literally... Uh, see somebody run in and steal a gun and then execute a child right in front of them and they wouldn't vote to put bars on the gun store because it might infringe somebody's ability to get to a gun when they want it. We are in wacky land. And so, so when you look at Abbott or any other of the politicians that we're talking about, these guys are the way they are because they are emboldened by the people who vote for them who will not abide by them moving off of their pivot in any way. The only way to combat it is for everyone who says they care to do more than what they're doing right now. That's yes. It. And what will it take for that Venn diagram to shift to where what's happening with gun violence is more important to you is the question. And I do actually believe that there are more 
pro-2A people who aren't extremists, who want some sort of checks and balance, than I do the people that there are people that are extremists. The problem is they're not willing to sacrifice something else or look past something else to vote the, pe- the powers that be out of office. Um, there's a bill right now that's going through um, the legislature in Texas to raise the age on, what is it? It is there to raise the age on um, the purchase, to being able to purchase a semi-automatic rifle. They want to raise it from 18 to 21. Uh, Let's see what Texas does. I mean, it's a Republican-led house, and Greg Abbott has already you know, previously waved off the idea of raising the age, but let's see what Greg Abbott does. I mean, I think we know what he's going to do, but let's see what he does when this Mm -hmm. comes in front of him in light of what's happened in just 2023 alone in his state. Maybe that, maybe, maybe that will be enough to change people's mind. I don't know. Um, you know, the sad part of this is that, uh, unfortunately, the, only way to get them to see um, the only way to get them to see how bad the problem is is for this to keep happening. Well, for it to happen close to home. I mean, no. It doesn't matter where it happens. It just has to keep happening. I mean, the reality of the situation is they will not look at this with any any sense any sense of humanity or responsibility. It's got to be personal. I don't even think if it keeps happening, it's it's an issue. It's got to hit close to, it's got to personally affect them. I, I See, even there, like, you know, so, I mean, I guess maybe, I mean, maybe it could be a, a situation to where, maybe, maybe if something, if there were like some, some situation to where if, uh, a friend or a friend of somebody's friend or you know somebody else would happen but th- the reality is most of those most of the people that we're talking about have the ability to insulate themselves from this type of danger uh to a degree that the general populace doesn't so it 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 i suppose what you're saying is true but the reason why you keep getting kooks that are saying that these mass shootings are false flag occurrences and a false flag is when uh, a government or an entity actually plans an event in order to use it for a political ideological end. The reason why they're saying that that's the case is because they know that with all of these events that are happening, the pressure mounts for them to do something. Um, you, what you said earlier is true uh, in that the power still, in a way, is in the hands of the American people. Um, and, it, you know, if there is portions of the electorate in Texas or in other states, because it's not a Texas issue, we're talking about Texas because it happened, the last one happened in Texas and Texas has had the stretch of these and the gun laws in Texas are as lax as anywhere they are in the country. But the reality is there's not a part of the uh, American map that hasn't been touched by this everywhere. Everywhere it's happened. They're happening all the time. So... To that end, you know, if there's a part of the electorate that's really sick of this, they got to wake up. But, you know, it's just, it's, to me, 
there are going to be things at times that voters are. It's just it feels icky to always come back to, you know, it's your responsibility as a voter. It, it I suppose it is, but God damn it, man! I just need people to be human beings. I need people to fucking care about yeah. what they say that they care about. In this situation, yeah. they obviously don't. Look, I, I, you know, everybody out there that's talking about um, mental health and how we care for people and all of that stuff. I would just implore you to have a plan because I keep hearing a lot of people throw around these broad, buzzy words, mental health and evil and all of these things. What's your plan? Why don't we have a specific portion of state and federal governments that are looking into this phenomenon? This particular phenomenon, the phenomenon of random um, gun violence, spree killings, things of that nature. We, uh, I would in assume that we're devoting enough in this country. Yeah, I would assume that we're devoting enough resources to um, deal with some of the gun violence that nobody gives a fuck about, which is when kids who have access to guns, uh, overflowing guns, shoot each other up in the street over bullshit. I'm, I'm assuming that because everybody's quote unquote tough on crime, that somebody's uh, taking care of that and looking at that and figuring out a way how to put more niggas in jail, which is always a sol- the solution to things like that. But when we're talking about this particular um, phenomenon, we have a lot of reasons why it's happening, but no one seems to want to devote more to the problem. They want to protect what they already have. We're in a bad, bad, mm-hmm. bad, bad place. Mm-hmm. So what I can tell you to do right now is when you go out, try to have some fun, but keep your alert up. Sit with your back to the door. Sit on the aisle, be able to look out, protect yourself, be able to protect yourself, be able to protect your family because nobody gives a fuck about whether you get shot or not. No one cares. That's it. This episode is brought to you by cars.com. When you add your car to your garage on cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus, View its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com. This episode is brought to you by Hyundai. You could be doing anything this week, right? You've got work, errands, friends, and a whole lot of fun in between. That's why the 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe is the capable SUV that's built for your life. With premium interiors, available wireless charging, and room for your whole cargo and crew. Okay, Hyundai. Visit HyundaiUSA.com to learn more about the all-new 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe. Um, Apology meter. Time for Rachel to judge an apology. <laughs> it's one of our favorite things that we do here on Higher Learning. Okay. Is what we're doing. Oakland A's announcer, Glenn Cooper. I don't know how I say his name. Kuiper. Glenn Kuiper. Oh, Mel Kuiper. Glenn Kuiper. He was suspended for saying this on the air. Donnie, give me the audio. We had a phenomenal day today. Nigger League Museum and Arthur Bryant's Barbecue. You know what's funny about this? 
<laughs> you never know it's funny, Help me. Rachel. Help me find the Donnie, humor. <laughs> Donnie, run it again. Run it again. We had a phenomenal day today. Nigger League Museum and Arthur Bryant's Barbecue. So the guy next to him is going, yeah, Nigger League Museum is hilarious. But the thing that's funny is that I feel like they were calling it the Nigger League Museum all day long. Of course. And they were having fun between one another. Of course. Like, Let's go see the Nigger League Museum. Nigga this. Josh Gibson. Nigga, nigga, nigga. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> fucking um, Satchel Page, Nigger League Museum, nigga. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, let's let's have fun at the Nigger League Museum, and then they said it. And of course, the, the guy comes back and he delivers an on-air apology. Donnie, do we have the apology that he delivered? Yep. Here All right, let's go. Welcome back to Coffin. Welcome back to Coffin Stadium. I just wanted to a little bit earlier in the show. I said something didn't come out quite the way I wanted it to um, and I just wanted to apologize if if it uh, if it sounded different than I meant it to be said and like I said I just wanted to apologize for that Loriano is the hitter he takes a strike one and- do you know what I love about that I love what in-game baseball stuff because he goes because you got to go so you know I didn't uh didn't mean to say it like that. I apologize. Cap went up. He's one for three tonight. Had a big <laughs> single over the second baseman's head. Earlier in the second inning, let's see if he works the count deep with this at bat. Then it crack. Yeah, man. I just I didn't know. It it didn't sound the way that it was supposed to sound. That's one to short. Over the first base. He's out. I just I love the fact that this guy's got a He's going to, everything that he does makes the apology seem less important because he's still got to call the baseball game. <laughs> Don't even have to rate it. Don't even, you just did it for me. Listen, we know that they've been saying that all day because just look at the context clues. One, it rolled off his tongue. They had been at the Negro League Museum all day. You had seen it everywhere, signage. You're going through all these things. I, I don't even feel like they went to the museum, to be honest with you. I feel like somebody told them that they had to say that. And then you look at his co-host next to him, and he doesn't even flinch. Can you imagine what your reaction would be or somebody else's reaction if the person next to them said, nigger league museum? This guy didn't move because he had heard it all day. Or he had heard this guy say it before once joking didn't even resonate with him, which is also a problem. So, and that, and obviously it meant nothing to this guy. I don't even remember his name. It meant nothing to this guy because he was so flippant. There was no, there was no heartfelt apology. It was like he was reading another statistic in the broadcast. So you ask me what this apology is. It's a zero. Okay. He's Rachel, not we sorry. Have- Okay, so Rachel, we have to talk about something here. First of all, number we, one, we, you did this, this last guy time. Is, this guy, no, we do. <laughs> this guy is obviously sorry. Okay, does it mean that I care? Wait, well, hold on, hold on. You think he's sorry? So, he's definitely sorry. He's sorry. He's sorry to the that people he offended, or he's sorry that it happened. That he got he's he's said it in public. It he's sorry that it happened. So well, this guy's definitely then, sorry. This, he's Rachel, sorry he got in trouble. Rachel, I feel nothing. You, you but you, except triggered by some, Nigger League Museum. 
th- there has to be some standard to the apology rating or we got to stop doing it. You've never, you, you, the apology rating, and this is Rachel's apology rating. So I'm just giving, I'm just giving my thoughts on it. I feel like it. I, I, don't think I used this to guy, do better. No, you've never done well. <laughs> like, well, actually, you know what? You've done exactly what you wanted to do. You don't think that motherfuckers are sorry. <laughs> so who, Rachel, like who, I, 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 I asked you this before. Has there ever been an apology that you fucked with? That's the question. We got. We have to look up. We have to do a whole... I want to bring back some of the greatest apologies of the past. I want to bring back uh, Jimmy Swaggart's apology because he apologized not just to his wife and to his constituency, but he apologized to Jesus. I have sinned against you. All right. I want to bring back some of the some of the greatest apologies of the past, and I want you to rate them. Maybe we'll do this on the live show, and you can rate apologies because we have to find at least one apology that you like. So maybe what I have to take out is like a personal bias. Maybe that's like maybe that's the issue. Because or I have to take out what you just said. You think he's sorry, but you think he's sorry that he got caught. And so to me, that factors into my rating. He's, doesn't, he's not really sorry. He's just sorry he got in trouble for it. Maybe I have to change that. I don't know. Mm. I got to think about it. But I think we can all agree. Like, I'm not even convinced that was his own personal apology. He was reading it. He didn't even know he said nigger league museum. I'm sorry. This is a tough one. He didn't even know he said it. He said, and he paused. Did you notice he paused for dramatic effect? Nigger League Museum, pause, and barbecue. Van, you know this. How would you rate this? How would you rate it? Since you're so critical of my of my rating. See what you just did? See how you just climbed up on that cross like that? I didn't, I wasn't critical of your rating at all. I like it, it, it I didn't in no way. See, see, I didn't do I wasn't critical <laughs> of your rating at all. What I was just saying is that just for the people. We're on a streak right now. Your your apology rating is just people fucking. suck. People <laughs> suck. I'm sorry. <laughs> All right, so just waiting for the day that on. I need to apologize. <laughs> You're eat it's not gonna, me oh, up. <laughs> yeah, well, I don't think that I, I personally look. I guess the the question is when we're rating the apology, are we rating the sincerity to the people that are offended? Or we're just rating about whether or not this person is really sorry for what they did. Because I think that this per- this guy is sorry, but not because he said nigger league museum. I think he's sorry because he's in a world of trouble and he was suspended. And I wonder if yeah. there's a difference. That's you don't think he walked away and was like, those damn niggers got me in trouble. God damn, Rachel. Maybe. <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I don't give a fuck about him or what he went through. But I, I will say, that we just have to get to a good apology at some point. Let's see if Bob Huggins can do it. Bob Huggins uh, used an anti-gay slur in a radio interview. He is the coach of West Virginia basketball. Donnie, uh, play the audio. Catholics don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're, we're above the fracas, aren't we? No problem. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you're... you're I tell you what, any any school that can throw rubber penises on the floor and then say they didn't do it, <laughs> by God, they can get away with anything. <laughs> I, 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 rubber penis. 
Was this I like think a that was at the Crosstown shootout, wasn't it? It was transgender night, wasn't it? What? Was that it? It was a, it was a Crosstown shootout. Yeah, no, what it was was all those fags, those, those Catholic fags, I think. So. <laughs> all right. They, they, were, they were envious they didn't have one. <laughs> you, well, Steve, your comments about Bob Huggins. Is he the best? He's the, he's the best. All right. So. Um, what the fuck? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, man. So Bob Huggins apologized. Let me hear it. On uh, the the West Virginia University basketball Twitter page. During the conversation, I use a completely insensitive and abhorrent phrase that there is simply no excuse for. And I won't try to make one here. I deeply apologize to the individuals I've offended, as well as the Xavier University community, University of Cincinnati, and the West Virginia University. I have shared with my players over 40 years of coaching that there are consequences for words and actions and I will fully accept anything coming my way. I'm ashamed in advance, embarrassed and heartbroken for those I've hurt. I must do better and I will. Okay. I'm going to divide this up. Okay, cool. And maybe that's what we have to do. I think he's sorry he got caught because he had several offensive things that he said homophobic slurs that he'd said within that rant, and he meant them. If you're asking me about the specific apology and to take that out of it, just what was written by PR, I will say that the last sentence is something that I would like, the last two sentences are something that I would like to see in every apology. There are consequences for our words and actions, and I will fully accept anything that comes my way. That's what I need to hear in apologies. Admit you're wrong and then know that we're going to come down on you. <laughs> Firing. Jeez. <laughs> That's taking response. I accept anything that comes my way. Great. Bye. Goodbye. You think you should the way be fired he for ran, that? The way, he, the way he went off in that, first off, he thought it was funny. He did it at the expense of the LGBTQ plus community. Mm -hmm. And this is not, and obviously this is how he feels. And he's comfortable talking about it in a very public way until he got held accountable. This man has got to go. I'm going to be honest with you. It's hard not to fire Bob Huggins after this, man. <laughs> Bobby. <laughs> Bobby. <laughs> Come on. Bobby. Come on. Come on, Bobby. Bobby didn't just... Bobby had a whole train of thought. And he by the way, it. not only fired... Not only fired for Bob Huggins, man, who used the word so freely, throwing it around. They were talking to... The, the radio guys were talking about transgender night there. It's, it's tough to argue that you that you can't that you don't fire Bob Huggins there, man. Gotta go. It's just it's tough. It's just tough, man. And what the fuck, Bob? Are you fucking on dust? Bob is on PCP. Bob H Bob Huggins is on Angel Dust. PCP. He's on dust. Are you? I, I don't. Thought he could get away with it. I gotta tell you something. White guys. What the fuck are y'all on? 
you you where did Bob Huggins think he was? The guys is like, yo, Bob, they're recording this. You know, I mean, you guys he, don't want to work on your homophobia. You don't want to deal in actuality in terms of where the world is right now. You don't want to come to terms with it. Fine. Who you are, whatever. At least be smart enough not to pull a Donnie and cut one of your balls off on live television, at least, or, or live radio. At least be smart enough not to torsion yourself. Okay? Like, it, it, it's... It, I don't know. How could Bob Huggins not go? <laughs> well, let's just not let's just not even limit it to Bob. The reason Bob felt so comfortable is because he was with like-minded individuals who laughed at the things that he was saying and kind of continued to egg him on. So this shouldn't just be limited to Bob. We got to hold the people on the show who were laughing at the horrendous things that he was saying. Bill Cunningham and company, they got to be held accountable too. Yeah, but they, you know, I, I feel them. They didn't. Say I'm not it, saying I'm cancel their show. Yeah. I'm just saying let's also call out the people who laugh at offensive things that are said. We've covered that before on our podcast. We've been, we've gotten on to people. Hello, Mario Lopez, who have nothing to say when somebody says something completely offensive. This is your show. This is your reputation. And I'm not saying you got to go in on everybody, but at least like chill out. Like, hey, so don't say. Let me that. ask you this. Let me ask you this. Let's say. You are in charge of making this right at West Virginia University. And I'm the president, the provost, the bovost with the mosos. And I tell you, we're not firing Bob Huggins. We have to do something else. We can't fire Bob Huggins. There's either language in his contract. None of this is true. There's either language in his contract or we don't feel like we have the capital to be able to do it. The buyout's very expensive. Come up with something else that you feel Rachel Lindsay would be appropriate in lieu of him being fired. A combination of a suspension or a, you know, public service or whatever. Come up with something that stops short of a firing that you feel like would work. We're putting you in charge of that. Go. I think the only thing that would work in this situation is that every time you see Bob, you throw rubber penises at him. Jesus Christ. And then when people say, why are you doing that? Oh, well, let me tell you what Bob did. Because since West Virginia wants to keep him here, let me tell you what Bob did. You throw rubber penises <laughs> at him. So that's the thing. You assault Bob Shame. with the dick. Shame. Shame. That would be so funny. Shame. If Bob, if Bob just went, if they just went around the community in West Virginia just handing out rubber penises. You know how shameful is, that is? That's, yeah, he's got to answer to it. Or if you see Bob Huggins, that you could just throw him. Think about being, you know, in line at Shake Shack. It's like a scarlet a letter. A, a dick just hitting you in the face. Bam! It's like, for you, Bob. I sounds appropriate I, I to me. I dare you to say something. I dare <laughs> you to say something, Bob. Sounds appropriate to me. I dare you to say something, Bob. I'll throw this goddamn dick at you. I dare you to say something. I don't know that that meets the test, but it, it, that would be funny. <laughs> um, uh, at minimum, a year-long suspension, and Bob has to spend that suspension, um, a, a year-long suspension, no pay. At minimum, I think he should be fired. But at minimum, a year-long suspension, no pay. Mm -hmm. uh, at that point, I don't know why you don't just fire him. But if, if you're, 
year-long suspension, no pay, and Bob has to spend that year, to me, working with the LGBTQ plus community in a real substantive and a meaningful way. Let me tell you why. You have to remember the fire that people in leadership positions can set. They can either set fires that burn down commonly held racism, uh, uh, homophobic sexism, um, misogynoir, misogyny, all of those things, right? You can burn all of those things out when you're in a leadership position, right? Or you can set fires that consume the people that are victims of those societal injustices. When you're in a leadership position, you have the opportunity to set young men and women out into the world with an intention and a way of looking at things. And that choice is is normally binary. So when you have a guy like Bob Huggins, who's in a position that he's at in West Virginia, it's not just about him and what he says. It's about the scores of young men that come through his charge that have either their biases and 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 uh, racist and sexist feelings reinforced by their coach or, or, or have them challenged by their coach. So for a guy like that, the onus is even more important to make sure he knows the responsibility that he has to society. And that is a state employee. That's a state employee right there. Okay, it's a state employee. So when you look at him, you have to send a strong message to what it is that you want West Virginia to be about and what you want your state to be about. So in lieu of firing Bob Huggins, which is what I think that they should do, um, he has to understand why that language is so dangerous and why he needs to sure. be not someone who doesn't use it. That's not good enough for somebody in, the, in, in that type of position. He needs to understand why he needs to be somebody who stands in the gap and says no. Okay, God bless you, Rachel. Thank We're you. gonna take a break. On the side of the break, Usher versus Chris. Oh. Hey, welcome to IKEA, where even this desk is circular. Huh. How so? Looks pretty rectangular to me. It's because we're always looking to repair, reuse, and we love our products, like buying back your IKEA items for store credit. Or shop our as-is section for great deals. You can even order free spare parts. Get on the circular path for a more sustainable future. Still a rectangle. Get started at ikea-usa.com slash circular. Visit ikea-usa.com slash circular for as-is information and buyback and resale terms and conditions. Spare parts not available for all products. As a plant-based cheese company, Daya has never talked about beef in an ad before because someone somewhere once had a beef with saying beef and plant-based together. So putting a slice of Daya cheese on a beef burger, not okay. Well, our delicious melty cheese has a beef with your beef about beef because any step towards plant-forward eating is a step in the right direction. Daya, 100% plant-based, even if you're not. Now made with Daya Oat Cream Blend. All right. Did it go down? Usher and Chris Brown both perform at the Lover and Friends Festival in Las Vegas. This is after reported by Hollywood Unlocked, Jason Lee. We had him in on the podcast. And confirmed by blah, 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 blah. Um, uh, There seems to have been an incident at Chris Brown's 
impromptu birthday party that was thrown by Usher. Where Chris Brown and Usher may have had a physical altercation. Now, the reason why I say may have had, there are lots of people who are confirming this story, but the two people that don't seem to confirm the story are Chris Brown and Usher, which mm-hmm. I don't know what they would say to confirm it, but there's both seem, they both are seemingly intimating that nothing happened. Right. Uh, what they say happened was that Chris Brown was in Tiana Taylor's face. Usher moved him out of Tiana Taylor's face. That part as much is actually on video. I saw a video of, of Usher removing Chris Brown from Tiana Taylor's face. After that, there seems to have been an altercation outside where it was reported that Chris Brown, pe- Chris Brown's people jumped Usher. Okay. Usher reportedly had a bloody nose. Usher then showed his face before he went out there and performed at the Lovers and Friends a festival where Genuine fell, which was very notable. Um, and then uh, Chris Brown also performed and seemingly got into another uh, shouting match, some sort of altercation backstage at the event. Which Rachel, he addressed. Two things. What did he? What, what did he say? He said that um, people are blowing that out of, um, are, are blowing that up because he said he was just it was getting too crowded and people were pushing and he had his kid back there so he was yelling like my kid is here. Okay. Okay. Uh, Rachel, do you think that the fight happened? And if you think the fight happened, what are your thoughts on it? I'm going to be very honest with you. I couldn't care less about this. When it, <laughs> when it came out, especially the fact that there's no video, there's no photo. As you already pointed out, Chris Brown and Usher's seem to be fine. Maybe we haven't seen them together, but Usher, I mean, maybe he had a bloody nose and he wiped the blood off, but didn't look like he was phased. Chris Brown showed up to the festival to perform and everybody, Tiana Taylor was there enjoying the festivities. Everybody seemed to go about their business and the only people who were still caught up in it is the internet trying to figure out what happened or calling out the original people who reported it for blowing up a situation. Do I think it happened based on everything I've seen? No. Hmm. I think you don't that think they there had a was... Fight. I think that there were, they were yelling. I think that there was arguing. I think as we did see, Usher stepped in and was like, you got to chill out. I'm sure there was some arguing back and forth. But as far as actual physical violence, I don't think so. I don't think it would down. What do you feel like would be different if if they actually had had a fight? What do you feel like? How do you feel like things would have gone? Do you feel like Usher would have copped to the fact that they had a fight? Because I'll tell you one thing. No one, I mean, I think I saw... Yeah somebody tangential to it, but Usher hasn't come out and say, hey, just to let you know I didn't have a fight with Chris Brown, which would be the easiest thing to do here. The easiest thing to do here would be like, hey, you guys are saying that me and Chris Brown and, and his and his people had a fight and that never happened. That would be the easiest thing there. And he hasn't done it. Why? Maybe he just doesn't want to add fuel to the fire. Like just, I mean, not that that would blow things up even more, but just like, I'm just not even paying attention to this. I got a festival. I got a hit show in Vegas. Like, I'm not worried about y'all or what y'all are saying. Yeah. I don't know. I just, I saw, I was like, man, people are really into this. I am not. It it most likely (laughs) happened. Okay. Like, it's like Mm -hmm. 85% chance that it it happened. I don't care. You don't give a fuck? I mean, Chris Brown is, I guess, I guess maybe I should in the sense that if it did happen, 
there seems to be this pattern with Chris Brown. That, you think so? <laughs> that <laughs> people seem to want to keep ignoring or making excuses for or want to talk about, but including, it's like... Including, including us. Uh, including, in, including us, but I will also say yeah. that when people got on to us about the Chris Brown, there were things that I that were brought to my attention from Thought Warriors that I was not aware of. So I also was speaking in a way that I wasn't even fully educated on all the things that Chris Brown has done that have been offensive or harmful, uh, specifically to women. So that's my bad too. But, you know, Usher, despite all Usher. of this, threw him a party. If it really happened, I guess it would be the the least surprising thing since Chris Brown does have a history of, you know, lashing out. This is what happens when you try to give niggas the benefit of the doubt. Yeah. And I'm, I'm whack. You know. So you off Chris Brown? Well, I mean, he pushed me off, and he should have been did it. And it's for all the reasons that people say about me, what people say about us. Uh, first of all, I'm not off Chris Brown because of this incident. I'm not, I was never on Chris Brown. Let me, let me tell you what happens. Is that you want people to be able to move on. You want to believe that people can move on. You want to believe that things move on. And at the same time, me as a black man, and I'll make this about being a black man for a second, because the feeling of, of being tethered to that, my brother's, and I've seen of seeing so many people uh, not escape what they were, and of seeing so many people escape what they were, you just want somebody to be able to escape what they were. And sometimes you prioritize that over the safety of the people that you share your community with, and you do it almost like, uh, like you do it almost like unconsciously. And people have to pull your coat on it, right? The Usher thing is not the thing that bothers me in this issue. It's not the Usher thing. Hmm. That's not the thing that bothers me. Like, two guys getting in the fight, two grown men getting in the fight will never bother me, right? Because you get in the fight over everything. I've been tense enough over basketball games where I'm like, what's up? I've been tense enough over Madden to where I'm like, what's up? Men are mm-hmm. babies like that thing that bothers me here is the Tiana Taylor portion of it. Does it have anything to do with Usher? I'm sure Usher has enough moves where he could, like, spin around and dodge some kicks. You know what I mean? Like, Usher probably be able to, you know, get on the roller skates, get out the way. Ah, ooh, ah, eat, ah. The Tiana Taylor portion of it. For Chris Brown, at this particular point, to be in a screaming match, a pushing match, not, 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 there was no, nothing physical from any of the reports between him and Tiana Taylor, but for him to need to be physically separated from her or from somebody to have to intervene is so absolutely telling at this point. That in and of itself shows an inability to control oneself that is persisting after 
around 14 years of being associated with uh, violence against women. And it shows, in my opinion, an inability to either understand the narrative around you or to address Mm -hmm. the problems that you might have when it relates to how you deal with women. So if I'm watching the video of Chris Brown having to have been separated, forget about what happened with, with Chris Brown and Usher. If I'm watching the video of Chris Brown having to have been separated from Tiana Taylor, what I'm wondering is how? How could that be something that you're still dealing with after Kelly Rowland has come out in support of you, after Sierra has, these are women, very prominent women, who have advocated for you, Chloe Bailey, who've advocated for you to have been able to go on and move on in your career and continue to share your talents with people. And idiots like myself who are like, yo, that was a long time ago, you know, the whole nine. And so to me, like, there's an issue there and there's still an issue there. And it's a great failing on behalf of me and others to want to move past that issue. I'm only, I can only talk about myself right now. I can only talk about myself. And what we can't do is allow talent or potential or any of those things to blind you from what somebody's putting out into the world. And that's serious and severe. And it shouldn't take another incident for us to realize that, uh, you know, that brother either, either needs to get the help that he so desperately seems to need or he needs to be in a situation where he's not around any ladies. Or That's just the way I feel. I the mean, I'm not... You li- the, or the people that you listed out who are close to him, who've taken up on his behalf, maybe it's time to do a little check-in. Maybe it's time to do... I'm not. I'm not putting this all on them. I'm just saying... You know, you've already spoken up on his behalf before. So maybe if there really is an issue here, which there seems to be, as a friend, you step in in that way. And maybe that's why uh-uh. Usher hasn't said anything. Maybe, maybe, I don't know. I'm trying to be optimistic about it, I guess. Maybe there's yeah, some I, I don't help make, behind the know, scenes. I, I'm, I'm against, you guys, you know, I'm against making other people responsibilities. That's uh, not what I'm saying. For individuals failing. You know, you love to do that. You love to be like, yo, man. It's like, you know, Scott Steiner gets in trouble and you're like, well, where's Rick Steiner? You know, you do you know who the Steiner brothers are? You know who they are? No. You don't know who the Steiner brothers are? You don't know Big Papa Pump? You don't know the Steiner brothers? No. Okay. Well, that was lost on you. You should know the Steiner brothers. You look, you, you claim to like wrestling. No. But anyway. I said <laughs> my dad watched wrestling. <laughs> I know a few. Oh, no, maybe if I saw them, I would. Anyways, <laughs> I'm not, I'm not blaming them. I'm just saying, I think it's natural to say, if that's your friend, if that's somebody to know, that maybe you want to check on your friend. I'm not blaming them. I know you don't want to make it seem like you're saying anything against a celebrity friend or someone you- a celebrity you, friend? I'm, you know, you know everybody. I don't know none of these niggas. I'm not blaming. I'm not blaming any of the people that I that I mentioned. I'm just saying, if you've spoken out before, maybe mm. you want to speak behind this. Maybe you want to do a check in. Maybe you want to see if everything is okay, because what yeah. it does seem like is that people have continued, and not just the friends, 
us as well have continued to give him a pass due to his talent. And maybe that's what doesn't need to happen. Not maybe, yeah. that's not what needs to happen anymore. I And when am. I said I don't care, I don't want to mean like I don't care about his violence. I really was like, I don't even think this happened. But right, if it so did, you, so you, if it did, then I, then I, then I do obviously care because I, all I know, what I know happened for sure is that I saw Chris Brown in a situation with Tiana Taylor. And I don't think at this particular time, I think that to me is more telling than anything else. Right. Mm-hmm. The fact that he's in that type of situation to where it seems like he is getting in her face or whatever kind of, he shouldn't be having any altercations with any black women, any women, period, right now. That's a lesson that should have been learned. And it doesn't seem like it's been learned. And that's just the reality. Mm. Uh, I just want a real quick shout out to Richard Dreyfuss. Um, Mr. Holland. Shout out to him. He's a bitch. This is uh, disappointing <laughs> to me. I loved Mr. Holland's opus. It's a good movie. It's still a good movie. You can still enjoy Mr. Holland's Opus. My mom recently just showed me The Goodbye Girl. I think I talked about that on this podcast. Which he won an Oscar for. I thought it was a really fun movie. My mom likes to show me old movies. Um, That's the type of shit you're pretty hair watching? The Goodbye Girl? It's a good movie, but... She, she, yeah, that's one of them. One of the movies that she showed me. That was one of the most recent ones. And you think Anyways, she can outcook my mom? Y'all in there watching the Goodbye Girl? You think? Didn't you say you like that movie? No. Uh, so my on, mom can't on. have my mom can't uh, have my a, mother, a genre, a variety of movies that she likes. You gonna the judge Goodbye Girl? You gonna you yeah. gonna judge her off the Goodbye Girl? My mother in there watching Women of Bruce's Place. And you think okay. pretty hair cooks uh, better than my mom? My mom had me watching that. My mom had me watching Claudine. Like, I watch these movies too. I just picked yeah, one Claudine. movie, one time. Yeah. Your mama ain't seen Shaka Zulu though. She ain't never watched that shit. I haven't asked her. Yeah, I know. Because she ain't seen it. Because you don't want to talk about it. Your okay. mama ain't I'll, never seen Pretty yeah, Hair. Yeah, he's falling hair. back into judging us. He's judging ask us. Pretty hair. He's judging ask us. Pretty Hair. You just said you and your mom sit down watching the Goodbye Girl, but yet and? your mom's supposed to make cornbread like my mama. Relax. Oh, I'm, I'm sorry saying. that my mom can watch a classic movie and can throw it out in the kitchen. That's what you call versatile. Yeah, versatile. She got little chunks of, of corn probably in her cornbread. You know, my mom little, makes really good cornbread, by the way. Corn, I bet she like, does, too. I, can, I know pretty Really hair. good cornbread. Pretty hair like, look like so she could So bad cook. that I didn't even know what, uh, what's it called? What's the cornbread out the box called? Jiffy. Didn't know what that was until college. Yeah, because you probably, because you, you, because my mom made it home from scratch. And you a Jiffy, you a Jiffy baby. And (laughs) I had no idea what Jiffy was until college. All right, we got to get back to run the, run Mr. Holland's, uh, run Mr. Holland's audio. He was on fire line and he was talking about why he should be able to be a nigga anytime he wants to be one. You know, Laurence Olivier was the last white actor to play Othello. <laughs> and he did it in 1965. And he did it in blackface. And he played a black man brilliantly. Am I being told that I will never have a chance to play a black man? Man, I thought about you when I saw this because all I could think about, I could just hear your voice being like, 
See, that's why there are no allies. Pretty soon, everybody's not saying he was one. I don't really know all that about him. But I'm just saying, I could just hear you being like, this is pretty soon. Everybody will show will show themselves, will reveal themselves to you. So, I keep trying to tell y'all, y'all, y'all want to have, y'all want to talk about who you invite to a barbecue. They don't want to be at the barbecue. They want to be grilling. At the Nigger League Museum. The food at the Nigger League Museum. (laughs) As you. They don't (laughs) want to be at the barbecue. I keep trying to tell y'all. They don't want to be at the barbecue. They want to make the food at the barbecue. They think that they own the barbecue. Look, look. What? Why? Lawrence Olivier played. Man, shout out Lawrence Olivier for all of the acting he was able to do back in the day. He was a beast with it. Shut the fuck up, Mr. Holland. <laughs> what the fuck is wrong with you? By the way, go back and watch Mr. Holland's opus. He was an asshole. He was he mean was an asshole. To, <laughs> he was mean to his deaf son. He literally thought about how about having sex with one of his students. He considered it. He considered oh, Remember yeah. the girl yeah, that yeah, went yeah, away yeah. to New York? Yes, he, yes. He, he was in love with her. He was in love with one of his students. We should have seen this coming. This is actually <laughs> Mr. Holland. <laughs> he was nice to Terrence Howard. He was nice to Terrence Howard. This is actually Mr. Holland after years and years and years. <laughs> who has completely lost it and is like, you know what? I don't want to do the, the the Mr. Holland American Symphony. You know, I, I want to be one of the temptations in blackface. It's ridiculous. But I want you guys to understand. Think about the fact of all the other stuff that you've got going on in your life. And there's a white guy somewhere mad because he can't play Othello in blackface. <laughs> Keywords. Think about all the stuff that's going on in your life. And there's a white dude somewhere mad because he can't play Othello in blackface. We got to go. Not even Othello. Just can't be do blackface. He said, are you telling me I'll never get the opportunity to play a black man? I'll never get the opportunity (laughs) to play a black man. I'm telling you guys, look. That interviewer tried to save him too. He said nah, no. She, but 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 at the same time, she knew what was going on. She was like, this nigga right here is wild. Get your <laughs> shit off, Mr. Holland. Oh my God. Y'all hear him? Y'all hear him? You know, and she's probably she's thinking to herself between the breaks, she's like, you know what this reminds me of? Did you guys see that guy from the Oakland A's game? He's doing the same shit right now as Mr. Holland. <laughs> Fucking crazy. Look, you guys just remember, uh, it's all for them. They made it up for themselves and they didn't think you were going to be a part of it. So now when you say, hey, maybe don't put that black shit on your face because of the legacy of violence that exists against my people and what blackface means. I don't think that Richard Dreyfus understands or maybe he does and he doesn't care about the legacy of blackface and how dehumanizing it is. But just get the fact that he doesn't give a fuck or can live a life completely ignorant of how something like that has affected not only your ancestors, but you as well. And he doesn't have to yep. fucking care. So stop making yourself give a fuck about whether or not Mr. Dreyfus. We're not going to do. I'm going to start doing an anti-barbecue segment every week. Just another example. In of lieu why of unexpected ally. In lieu of unexpected ally. So if we can't find an unexpected ally, we do this. 
Wait. I love it. Wait. We should change it. We should do unexpected racism of the week. That's better. Because I wouldn't have expected this from, from Mr. Holland, who I guess has been going crazy lately. But unexpected ally, let's be honest, our heart's not in it. That's not as funny. We should do unexpected racism for a week. All right, whatever. Suspend Jokic, by the way, but he didn't get suspended. I'm just a hater on Jokic. He's amazing. Uh, Rachel, thank you for waking up and doing this early. I know that you have a very busy schedule and um, uh, you, 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 you. No were problem. There, you would have done the thank same you. for me. Yeah, whatever. Um, Donnie. <laughs> Donnie, ice your yep. balls. <laughs> we gotta go. <laughs> we All right, gotta take go. your caps off. Do not stop learning. I am Van Lee. I'm Rachel and Lindsay. Hi, guys.